Hi, this is the Christmas Stocking. I'm Lee Cameron. Charles Dickens may be the most famous Christmas author of the last couple of hundred years, along with Clement Clark Moore, the guy who wrote A Visit from St. Nicholas. Of course, Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol, which I talked about way back in 07. I'll put a link in the show notes. And Dickens played a part in the Victorian-era revival of Christmas that I talked about also way back in 07. I'll also put that in the show notes. But there are those who say that Charles Dickens invented modern Christmas. Let's look at it and see how much Dickens did have to do with. Now, when Queen Victoria rose to the crown, Christmas had been pretty much out in England for a while, especially among the higher classes. It was not a big deal in the new United States, either. The Puritans didn't like linking the birth of Christ with ancient pagan festivals and actually outlawed it a couple of hundred years earlier. And the Industrial Revolution was in full swing, changing the nature of employment for most of the population. Workers weren't given much time for holidays back in those days. Remind you of anybody you read about? Prince Albert's marriage to Queen Victoria and her obvious feelings for him were a big contributor for the rise of Christmas's fortunes. The Queen was super popular, and Christmas was still popular in Prince Albert's native Germany. So when the Queen adopted customs like a Christmas tree and gifts to make Albert feel at home, the population wanted to join in with their own trees and gifts. And the Christmas card made its first appearance in the 1840s, as I talked about before also. Man, I'm going to have to have a lot of links this time. So for sure, Charles Dickens didn't single-handedly revive Christmas, nor is he responsible for all of the customs that have stuck around. But his expression of his idea of the values of Christmas may be some of the glue that holds the season together. And the imagery. Dickens' London is cold, windy, dreary, icy, snowy. Well, it may be cloudy, but it's not that cold in London at Christmas time, usually. And it rarely snowed that time of year in the 1800s, as it rarely does today, too. Although it did when Dickens was a child, up to about when he was eight years old. His childhood Christmases were probably a lot like Scrooge's young Christmases, with Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig and parties and games. By the time Dickens wrote the story, that kind of party was a memory for most in Britain, because folks were moving around more and letting old traditions fall by the wayside. And folks of a certain age were starting to feel nostalgic. Those old Christmases were the 12-day kind, with parties and fun stretching from Christmas Day to Epiphany. Workers in cities weren't allowed to take all that time off, so they were looking for new traditions, too. The Dickens Christmas is a big celebration on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. That fit in well with the changes modern life was bringing. A Christmas Carol featured a Christmas turkey, which replaced the goose as the main dish at Christmas dinner. And Christmas pudding expanded outside of England thanks to the Cratchit's pudding. Have you noticed how the ghost of Christmas present looks a bit like a young Santa? Hmm? Andy was wearing a crown of holly, had a yule log roaring, and mistletoe. Those were related to a lot of those pre-Christian pagan celebrations that had been frowned upon when they were connected with Christmas. The Dickens Project at UC Santa Cruz wrote that the regular folks actually were still celebrating, but it wasn't fashionable with the higher classes. They say a Christmas carol brought the celebrations of the lower classes to the higher classes. I'm not sure about that. I think it is true that the idea of taking care of those less fortunate at Christmas comes straight from Dickens. There had been a tradition of that going back at least to the Middle Ages, but back then it was commoners going to the estates of the wealthy who were expected to feed them and give them a little money. It was a little like trick-or-treat. Now it was more trying to lift them up to truly show compassion rather than having to do it under the threat of mischief. Those kinds of Christmas values reflected in Scrooge's nephew Fred, the charity collectors, along with family and friends celebrating life joyfully, were cemented by that story. 
A Christmas Carol was so popular that he wrote Christmas stories every year for a few years. Not as big as a Christmas Carol, though. Imagine having to follow that up. When Dickens was having trouble making money from his writings, he actually traveled around doing readings to buttress his income, and A Christmas Carol was by far his most popular reading. He must have been very good at it. Let me finish this section with what Charles Dickens called the Carol philosophy. I think Fred tries to impart it to his Uncle Ebenezer. But I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time when it has come around, apart from the veneration due to its sacred name and origin, if anything belonging to it can be apart from that, as a good time. A kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time I know of in the long calendar of the year, when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely, and to think of people below them as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave, and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good, and I say God bless it! Ding dong merrily on high, the choir of Somerville College, Oxford, in the Christmas stocking. That's a short song. I have time for another, I think. This is Rocking, also by the choir.
The choir of Somerville College, Oxford, David Crown, conductor. David Wilcox did the arrangements on both of those. That song is called Rocking, and the soloist is Mary Louise Aitken. Thank you very much to the choir for letting me play both of those. You can find out more about them and how to get the music in the show notes at mychristmasstocking.net. Matthew in California, Adelaide in Massachusetts, William in Colorado, thank you for liking the Christmas stocking on Facebook and all the support you've been showing. Facebook.com slash Christmas stocking. Sarah in Australia, at on Sarah's iPad, thank you for all the support. She's been with us a long, long time. She's also on Facebook and has even hung out with us on Google+. From Australia, it's so cool. Also, Christmas Time GB and Sierra Star Song at Star Song KY. Thank you for the retweets. It really helps spread the word. The Christmas Stocking is on Google Plus, plus.google.com. Search for the Christmas Stocking. Amy, Curtis in Tennessee, Mike in Atlanta. Thank you for keeping me in your circles. Thank you, Diana in Toronto for your generous gift to the Christmas stocking over the summer. It it was really generous. It was actually a big surprise, too, and it helps the show a lot. Contribute.mychristmasstocking.net takes you directly to the spot if you'd like to give, or just click Contribute from the front page. New Logofied merchandise is in the Zazzle store. Anything you buy on Zazzle when you start at mychristmasstocking.net helps the show. Also start your Amazon shopping there to help the Christmas stocking. The telephone number is 323-487-1225 or go to mychristmasstocking.net and click call me to share your favorite childhood Christmas memory. Maybe a favorite memory of your child's Christmas, a Christmas tradition. Wish someone Merry Christmas, whatever you'd like to do. I'm Lee Cameron. Next time, let's check out the origins of a favorite Christmas carol. And an actual song this time. In the Christmas Stocking.